There are 7.5 billion people on planet Earth, and scientists say you can only make friends with 400 of them. Jacob already has 400 friends, so now he can only talk to strangers. This is a podcast with strangers. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, for this final episode of our limited series of feature-length episodes, we have a theme song. I'm not joking, this isn't a bit, this isn't a skit, this isn't a joke. We have a theme song. So, Dallas, Chris, please take it away. One, two, three, four. Hi, welcome to a podcast for strangers. And this week we have my incredible co-hosts, Dallas. Yeah. And Chris. Hi, everybody. You nailed it. You did it. You did it. What? You did it. This week we have a celebrity guest. That isn't a joke. That is not a bit. That is a hundred percent true. If we have a celebrity guest, it is somebody's mother. Is it my mom? No, it's not. It's not my mom either, and it's not Chris's mom either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a guy called Elk. Elk, if you're listening, which I hope you are, um, he's a contributor to the um, the Dead Set Media Discord uh, and the Patreon and all the rest of it. Incredible fan. We love Elk. Elk, shout out. And his mother. Well, you know what? That's not that's not ruin the surprise. So let's 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 tune in. Let's listen. You know, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Come do on. it. Let's, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Here we go. Take it away, Jake. Let's take it away, me. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is TJ from Washington D.C., the capital of the United States, and I have invited TJ onto the show because they are uh, a very very famous viral sensation we have a celebrity on our midst uh <laughs> i don't know if it's fair to say that you were the first star wars cosplayer oh but, definitely not but you you were uh, a pioneer i would say of the craft <laughs> well i certainly went viral i don't know how many other of the early cosplayers did <laughs> but so a picture of you in um, Rebel, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Starfighter uniform? Yeah, Re- Rebel pilot. Uh, Rebel X-wing. pilot. X-wing, X-wing pilot. So the orange jumpsuit. Um, to the people Control who... Ha- box. Yeah, to the people who haven't seen Star Wars, grow up, go watch it. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, are there, are there any? <laughs> uh, some people, some people pride themselves on the fact they haven't actually seen Star Wars. Um, so yeah, the control box. And what what year did you make this costume in? 1977. 1977. So this was before... Um, this, the original Star Wars had not even been named A New Hope. It was still playing in theaters when I made it. Wow. Costume. Wow. And you... So what I'm trying to say is there was no like online streaming because there was no yeah. internet for that sort of thing. There was no uh, VHS yet. So you... How many times did you watch the film to make sure you got the costume oh. perfect? Dozens. And I mean, I, I actually, I belong to a Star Trek club at the University of Maryland. Oh, traitor. That, oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, but I was a Star Trek fan first because Star Trek came first. Yeah. Um, but our group was also, you know, a general sci-fi, you know, group. 
yeah. and they were having a, a Halloween party. And uh-huh. I said, oh, man, I, I need to make a, a Star Wars costume because I loved the fact that the Rebel Pilots costume was basically unisex. Yes. I was like, this is this is fantastic. I can make this costume. I can put on a helmet and it is like like nobody cares whether you're male or female. You're just a pilot. Yeah. And yeah, I just uh, I, I I knew as soon as I saw the movie and I saw those pilot costumes, I'm like, ooh, that's the costume I want to make. So yeah, we we had already seen it. I mean, I saw it on opening night. I stood in line. Oh my god! For hours at the Uptown Theater in Washington D.C. with all my friends from the University of Maryland, and we all, you know, went nuts. And that was before my, I think it was my junior year of high school. So before that year finished, I had mm. already seen it a couple of times. And then when we got out for summer break. We just, that was like our weekly thing was we would just go see Star Wars again because it was still playing in the theater. It was just, you know, big downtown theater with just one screen and it played Star Wars for a full year. Wow. And we just went, you know, every Friday night was our thing. They had a midnight showing and sometimes we were the only ones in the theater and we would just, this was like our, our weekly do. We would just like go to the theater and watch Star Wars. And when I realized, I was like, man, I want to make this costume. I just started bringing a sketch pad and I just took notes in the theater of what exactly it looked like and all the things I needed because there were no photo references. Of course. I, I looked everywhere. People, every time this thing goes viral, somebody says, oh, but of course there were photo references she could have used. I'm like, no, there weren't because I was there looking for them and they didn't exist. But do you, I, do you not think about taking your own camera into the into the theater and taking a photo? Think, think, think about that for a moment. Cameras yeah. in the 1970s. Oh, like it's, it, 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 it worked. I, I, I mean, there certainly weren't iPhones. I, I, there was no possible way that I could judge what a picture was going to look like because it would take a week at the developers before the film came back. Why not? That's how film cameras work. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't a photographer. You should have tried So, yeah. It. But I know it's funny because one of the things that went viral, somebody said, oh, she just took a flashlight into the theater. And then I got all this shit dumped on me for people saying, how dare you disrupt other people? I was like, I never used a flashlight, okay? That was whoever posted that just like made that up. I actually just sat there in the theater, like from the light of the screen, just taking sketches. And the only photo reference I had was a tiny little trading card, the Topps trading card. The original Star Wars, it had one picture of Luke in the uh, Rebel Pilots costume. And that was like like 80% of, of what I used to make that costume. But it's a great costume. And if you just, if, if the people at home want to just type in literally TJ Seriously, Star Wars. Seriously, honestly, TJ 1977 Star Wars Star costume, Wars. It, it'll it just pop up. right up. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, you'll see that Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, has yes. actually seen you. He's actually seen a picture of you. How does that feel to know that that he's seen it and he well, likes what's, it? What's funny is that I was actually a Mark Hamill fan before Star Wars. I was probably the one of the only people in America that when I saw the preview for Star Wars, I went, oh my gosh, Mark Hamill's in a major motion picture <laughs> because he had been on television for years oh, doing wow. like sitcoms and things. Um, he, he was in a show called the Texas Wheelers in the mid seventies and I had written him a fan letter and I had a full on like full page letter back from him from before he did Star Wars. So he doesn't know it, but he was already aware of me. (laughs) 
So your connection to Mark Hamill goes uh, way goes back. longer yeah. than I was, anyone I was a thinks. Big fan. Has he contacted oh, you personally I, since, or, or no, no, he hasn't. But he did. He did pin that tweet, the the one where you know he retweeted the picture of me um, yeah. and said, you know, the whole thing about oh, we should all be like the TJs in the world. I'm like, yes, yeah. of course we should. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that one was pinned on his uh, on his Twitter for a while, so that that made me feel. It is. I when I was doing research, I mean, I wasn't doing much research because obviously. Um, it was just like this is the best costume ever and obviously it's your story we can't, uh, we can't research would just mean the whole interview has no point, like, sure. point. <laughs> but that coming up like mark hamill actually saw it it's like oh my god that's, I'll that's tell you what, huge the funniest thing though was first he he retweeted and he you know pinned the tweet that was huge that was a couple of years ago and then like a year ago somebody um uh, I think I can't remember. I think it was Ranker, Ranker.com. You know where they rank yeah. stuff on the internet. They did like the top uh, twelve times that Mark Hamill was like the most wholesome tweeter on the internet. And at the time that somebody shared this with me, I was second in like the top twelve wholesome Mark Hamill tweets. And the number one was this adorable little baby. You know how sometimes babies are born and their their heads aren't completely formed, so they put them in these helmets that they have to wear for the first year of their <laughs> no. life. Somebody no. had, you've never heard what? of this? Oh yeah. Sometimes sometimes when babies are born, they're like the fontanelle hasn't completely formed where the the, the bones of the skull completely come together. Fontanelle baby helmet? Is that I'm baby helmet. right yep. now? Helmet therapy for your baby. There you go. What so the anyway, hell? the number one most wholesome tweet that they yeah. had on Ranker that day was this adorable little baby that had to wear a helmet, but her parents had had it painted like a rebel pilot helmet, right? I mean, oh, cool. how cute is that, right? And it was yeah. pink. So they said they called her, they said, you know, here's our daughter. We thought you'd appreciate this. And Mark Hamill retweeted it saying, Red five standing by for pink leader, Aww. which of course is so incredibly cute. But then my friends like said, look at this. You're number two on Mark Hamill's most wholesome tweets ever. And I was like, well, we can do better than that. And all of my friends <laughs> went on to Ranker and voted me. There it is. There's the one. And they voted me number one. And I was like, thank you to everybody for throwing that baby on the bus <laughs> <laughs> so that I could be the most wholesome thing on the internet. Yes. So my, my thing actually went to number one over the baby. Yep. There's the loser right there. Yeah. Loser the baby. Two baby. There's that loser baby. <laughs> But yeah, it was hilarious. I actually, so, um, I took a screenshot of that, that tweet. And like, that was my, my like banner on Facebook for <laughs> months. Incredible. I'm still. Number one most what, awesome. What is the point of the helmet? Is it just protects their it, skull? No, no, it actually helps the uh, bones of the skull form into the right shape. Because when a baby's born, there's a spot uh, that the, the the bones in your skull haven't actually formed over. There's right. like a hole, right? Yeah. Because they, they, the bones have to they have to shift to allow the baby to be born properly through the birth right. canal. But some babies they just they get squished in a funny way or they don't come back together properly. I know this because one of my friends <laughs> had a baby that had to wear one of these helmets, and okay. she actually had it, she had it painted like Captain America, which was hilarious. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 
So they, they make these these helmets, you know, in all kinds of, you know, cool designs for parents who have babies that need this therapy. But yeah. So anyway, that kid's that kid's number two. <laughs> the, the, the idea behind the helmet is that it's worn 23 hours a day and it can be yeah. taken off during bathing. But after that, it goes, I bet it stinks. I bet it reeks. Almost likely. I bet it stinks. Your little baby helmet. It kind of looks like um, it's uh, like Magneto's helmet. It looks like it's guarding from psychic attacks. But uh, that, that's possible too. Yeah, it's possible too. Dallas, did you have a helmet like this? Yeah, I wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> we can stop talking about the baby in the pink helmet because because I was the winner of that that little you know, competition. And you didn't need to wear a helmet when you were born. So although I did, I did make my own helmet for that costume, and that was actually fun too because. It's not particularly screen accurate, but I did do all the painting of the rebel, you know, symbols and everything myself. And I, I bashed it up uh, on my driveway when I was finished painting it. I said it looks too new and I scraped it all around on the asphalt oh, on yeah. driveway to make it look beat up. But it's but that the uh, what they generally call the Mohawk stripe, which is the yeah. raised ridge. I made that with an old Hot Wheels track. Oh, oh, cool! cool. <laughs> it's it my brother's. Yeah, kind of... It was. It was actually my own three-quarter uh, hang gliding helmet. My brother and I flew hang gliders when we were in high school. Yeah. And so I had this old helmet that I wasn't using anymore. So I spray painted it, and I put the Hot Wheels track on, and I painted the Rebel logos, and I did all the like kill marks and everything exactly right, and you know scraped it up on the driveway. So that was the helmet that I had in the uh, for the original. Uh, oh, but the cool thing is that I'm putting together a new costume uh, oh, yeah? because because of all this attention with this thing going viral so many times, people are like, oh, my God, you need to have, you know, you need to do it again. You need to troop with the, the Rebel Legion. And sure, I sure. was like, OK, cool, let's do it. So I'm actually right now in the process of having a new helmet made. And I designed it with all of the um, I, I modified it to include the University of Maryland stuff. So there's a Terrapin. Uh, on the, the the base, the the Rebel Legion base that's associated with uh, Maryland, that near the university, is called yeah. Terrapin Base, and their logo is a Terrapin turtle that's made to look like uh, the Rebel symbol. Oh, so excellent. its front two legs and its head are actually I, I should find it and tweet it, but or send it to the, the group chat. But um, um, but in addition to that, uh, I I said that the front of the of the uh, of Luke's helmet in the original movie, it's yeah. yellow and black diagonal stripes, which yes. looks really close to the yellow and black diagonal checkerboard that's on the Maryland state flag. Yes. And so I, I I said, ooh, I bet I could design um, a thing that's going to look like the Maryland flag. So instead of having the red stripe on the mohawk, I actually made it be the sort of Florida de lis uh, flag uh, red and white design from the Maryland state flag. And um, the guy who's making it for me has been sending me pictures and it looks amazing. I am. Yeah. I can't wait to get it. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see pictures. So if I can done, figure out how to send, send you a picture. Oh, yeah. I could do it, but so I'm let me let me ask lead. you. So I, I I just I just so as you're doing that, let me just ask you. I um I just typed in into Google, literally Rebel Starfighter costume. Clicked on the shopping tab, and there is just costume after costume after costume here that you can just buy. 
Cheapest one I can find here is £24. That'd be more like 30 Yeah, bucks. here's the thing. None of those will pass Rebel Legion approval. Because the actual the actual Rebel Legion where they, you know, where you are like um certified to make public appearances with these local groups and everything, they're very yeah. strict. It has to be absolutely screen accurate. Wow. And they look at everything. I went and looked up all the details before I decided to start making this new costume. And oh my God, what a can of worms. I joined two or three, <laughs> two or three different um, online groups about making Rebel Pilot costumes. Yeah, isn't it at the, uh, the 501st are the ones who do the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian right, well, also. the 501st do the Armor. They're in, Imperial, okay? That's so right. they, all the costumes that are the bad guys, but we're not, we're Rebel scum. We're not, sure, we're sure. not those guys. Sure, but, sure. They're, but the Rebel Legion are the people that are all the, you know, the Rebel folks. And uh, yeah, there's actually, I actually found out that there's also <laughs> a, um, there's a Build-A-Bear of the Rebel Pilot that somebody sent me. <laughs> You know the build a bear stores where you right where you go yeah, and you yeah. make a teddy bear. There is actually a rebel pilot version of the build a bear, and I was like, oh, dude, I've got to do this. <laughs> but yeah, so so in the meantime, I am now like mostly done with the helmet, which I and I'm never making these myself again. I did that once, and I've been making my own costumes for many years. This time, I'm like, you know what? I'm retired. I made a good living. I can pay somebody to make these for me now. This is great. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the yeah, dream, I, right? Yeah, I hired this guy to make the, the helmet and it is looking absolutely great. I'm so pleased. And as soon as I got the helmet, then I'm gonna, you know, work on making the rest of the thing. Because nowadays you can actually purchase these things when I was making the damn thing. That's that's what I was gonna <laughs> ask. Do, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you feel some kind of, not, I think resentment would be a, 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 a tough word, but, um, you know, the fact that you can just easily, like I just did, type into Google, you know, <laughs> Rebel Starfighter costume, and yeah, it'll come okay. up with something relatively cheap. No? I think it's actually very cool. If that had been a possibility for me, I would have totally just gone about it. Of course. But you the, paved, the, you paved is, the way. But now it's so great because because people that are still as passionate about costume making as my friends and I were back, you know, in the 70s, will still find the way to make their costumes be that much more accurate than the ones that are sold right. on the market. You know, if you're really devoted to it and you want to make sure that it's absolutely dead accurate, you're still going to go the extra mile and and get, you know, all the things you need to make it as close as possible and not do the, the standard one that you can just buy off the shelf. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, uh, it's, uh, Adam Savage is the one who, um, who right. makes the incredible costumes. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm so jealous of his little... Uh, it's not even a workshop at this point. It's a playground. You know, he's got all the tools, <laughs> all well, the props. I, um, the Rebel Pilot wasn't my only great costume, though. I mean, I, I've actually done some... In fact, I think the one... I, there was a, a Blake 7 costume I did. It was Sulin from Blake 7. At the time, Blake Seven was still on the air, and and I actually resembled uh, God. What was her name? Glynis Barber, I think, who played Su Lin. Enough that I, when I did the uh, the Su Lin costume, it was really, really accurate. And um, yeah, I put that one together. I, I think I was more proud of that one than I was of the Rebel Pilot's costume, frankly, because 
I really looked the part. I actually got, um, you know, the actress was at a convention that I was at and she autographed a picture of me wearing the costume. And yeah, that was all really fun. Very cool. Sorry, yeah. I didn't, we, I was just saying to Dallas, I don't actually know what Blake 7 is. Oh my is. God. So, so I, I'm you're so sorry. English. I'm, I'm so, so embarrassed. Sorry. But you're also young. It was from, it was an 80s well. SF show, BBC. Uh, it, it had terrible special effects. It was like, you know, Doctor Who back in the day, just awful, you know, uh, the, the the spaceships were like hung from strings you know, right, right. to make it look like they were in space but it was like really well written and some really fun characters and yeah it, I think it went off the air before probably before 1998 uh, but, 1978-1991. I like Star Trek. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you could say about 60s Star Trek. Like, the ambition it's, was there. It's actually funny that you say, oh, you had color TV. Okay. Because the first really ambitious costume I ever did was the year before uh -huh. I made the, um, you know, the, uh, the Rebel uh, pilot costume. Yeah. That was, I made the Andorian costume from Star Trek, the original series. However, at the time, I didn't own a color television. My whole family had right. never owned a color television. So when I watched Star Trek and I saw these pale dudes with the antennae, I just said, oh, that looks like a great costume for me because I'm pale and my hair is you know, very blonde. And, uh -huh. at the, and at the time I was like, oh, this is fun. I'll just like, you know, make a costume with antennae. So I asked my friends who had color TVs, what color is the, um, you know, like, like that, uh, the, the jerkin thing that the Koreans <laughs> wear. And they were like, oh, it's olive green, just like army green. No. Like, perfect. Perfect. And I was like, and the, and the sleeves, they're like metallic. And they're like, yeah. So I made this costume. I went out, I got the metallic material. I got the olive green. I made little like riveted buttons just the way it was. And then, I, I mean, I said, okay, my hair isn't going to be quite right, but I'll buy like a platinum blonde wig. That's right. My brother is carving the antennae. And I was talking to people, I was so excited. I'm going to this convention, I'm gonna wear this Andorian costume. They're like, what are you gonna do for the blue skin? And I said, the what now? <laughs> I, I had no idea that Andorians had blue skin. And at the last minute, I had to scramble and find like theatrical makeup to make my skin blue. Cause I thought it, they were just pale. Like I had a black on my TV, I didn't know any better. I, but I ended up making this amazing mix of white and blue theatrical pancake that did it just the right shade. And I had blue tights and yeah, it looked great. Good. Yep. I mean, so that that was actually my first big costume because I, I actually performed at the, uh, the Star Trek convention that I regularly went to and I sang, Am I Blue? Oh, nice. Yes, the old torch song standard. 
So for those and, uh, of you wondering uh, about the end, so those of you at home who haven't actually well, watched much Star Trek or don't know what the Andorians look like, um, just imagine like Shrek's ears, but like mm -hmm. coming out of the forehead uh, and they're blue, they're humanoid. And um, in the in the newer Star Trek in um, uh, Enterprise and from then on, those ear, those antennae were actually movable. They like move around to show you know, emotion and stuff. Although in the original, they were just static. So mine were just carved out of balsa wood and spray painted like blue. What do they do? What did the antenna do? Do they like, they just sense things? Or do they... Sense things, I suppose. Apparently oh. it's supposed to be a terrible thing to have them cut off because that's part of the plot of uh, uh, Discovery because they had an android character that had his antennae removed and that was supposed to be a horrible punishment. Oh. But uh, yes, my, my character's name was Dora the Singing Andorian. And uh, we actually had a comic strip based on Dora the Andorian that ran in my fanzine for several years. That was that's, also That's fun. great. I love fanzines. Yeah, back in the day when we actually published them, like printed right. and but stapled that's what them and bound like, them. Like, Sold the conventions. I guess people run blogs now. I guess I guess the, yeah, yeah. the it's the same thing. It's the same spirit, but it's just a different format. But it was it was fun. Like way back when, you had to arrange your whole publishing schedule around when's the next major convention where we can sell a hundred copies of this thing <laughs> because you wouldn't have enough money. Yeah, to, to print the thing unless well, you knew you could recoup your costs right so away. What do you talking about that and like conventions and stuff? Like, what do you make of people who sort of in the same vein as as moving their whole life around conventions? There are some people who cosplay, and they get oh, like sure. Patreon following and, and, and things like that. Oh, absolutely! Um, it's it's funny because actually my husband works at DARPA, which is this big defense agency. Yeah, in, uh, yeah, Arlington here. But he has a friend who works there who actually her major hobby. And a way that she helps to support herself is as a professional cosplayer. She's a yeah. guest at conventions like all over the place. People pay for her yeah. to just come and appear in the costumes that she has done. And she's amazing. And I just think that is so funny. If that had been a thing when I was younger, like I would have totally paid my way, you know, yeah. just going around to conventions and appearing in costumes. That's amazing. I think it's great. It's a, it's remarkable how how much money these people are making out of dressing up, making these things fr come from a piece of media. To but you know what? It's just if you're passionate about a thing, sure, you can make it work for you. The other thing yeah. that I do is folk music, science fiction folk music, and that's actually how I met my husband. We were at the same uh, folk convention, which is I. It's been around for a very long time, but a lot of people don't know about it, even science fiction fans. It's an incredibly small subgenre of yeah. the science fiction fandom. But we were at a convention devoted to the science fiction. It's the folk music of science fiction or just the music of science fiction fandom. And uh, yeah, this is a convention called the Ohio Valley Folk Fest. And we, we met there for the first time and we ended up getting married and now we have three nerdy kids. So. That's how that works. <laughs> I remember um, there was a uh, a Doctor Who rock called Troc that oh came out years ago. Haven't heard and that one. You have, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, 
YouTube's, YouTube's a, a controversial place. Uh, so don't go looking for trots. <laughs> no, and never, biggest... and never read the comments. I know that. Never read the comments, no. But no, Trock was pretty big for a while. And um, <laughs> that, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe Filk is more of like a... Um, maybe it's like a blunderbuss, you know, like it's like a Filk is, is an amazingly inclusive um, community. Yeah. The whole point of Filk music is after the rest of the convention has shut down, y'all gather in a big old room somewhere and everybody just trades songs. We all sit in a big circle and people sing songs that they've written about their favorite fandom. Right. Or or whatever. Like even just funny songs. They don't even have to be science fiction related. So it's not just about but, but it's not just about one show or one Oh, not at all. No, no, no. Okay, no. interesting. Yeah, there are subgenres though. It's funny cuz Wizard Rock, which is all Harry Potter, is its own thing. Like there are conventions that are just for Wizard Rock. Yeah. Which which blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Wizard, I mean, no, no, no. Wizard, Wizard Rock is huge, and also like um, yeah. real life Quidditch is pretty big too. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, that I know about. In fact, when my daughter was was uh, going around and visiting colleges, uh, she perked up over the fact that one of the colleges she was looking at had a championship Quidditch team. Damn. That <laughs> killed me. It's interesting. It's always interesting to 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 think to yourself like, what is going to be the next nerdy fandom to explode? Because you know. Yeah. You never I'm know. trying to think of the one the most recent one that really took because it was when we moved here. It was um, it was uh, Firefly Serenity because the first group like I lived in California. Uh, we sure. lived in California for like 14 years. Just we moved to the East Coast of U.S. Uh, in 2011, and the, what I immediately did, of course, was put out feelers to say, "Hey, where are the nerds? Where are my nerds? I need to make some friends." And the first group that I landed with were the Alexandria Browncoats, who were the Northern Virginia uh, group of Firefly Serenity fans. And I was a huge Firefly fan and just, boom, immediately moved into those guys. Um, and now, of course, it's funny because we're all still, we all still love Firefly, but we've moved on to so many other things. And they changed the name of the group because, you know, Firefly's not a thing anymore. And of course, because Joss Whedon, like, totally shat the bed. So, oh, you know, yeah, colossally so totally. Um, but yeah, but we were still we like still hang out and, and we get together for anytime there's a big SF movie premiere. We all get together and go out and see it and stuff. Sorry, I, I just remember Game of Thrones. So that was the oh, that was yeah, the biggest, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, sorry. Everyone's probably screaming. Somebody's probably going to send us an email and be like, how could you forget? I never watched it. I never watched it. So, uh, you know, I, I dodged a bullet. There was a bar in D.C that until the pandemic, every uh -huh. year, they did a different pop-up theme for the holidays. And they did a Game of Thrones bar where it was like two or three bars on the block that all went full on Game of Thrones. You know, they had a, a replica of the wall that looked like, you know, a frozen, you know, like wall inside the bar. And they had Game of Thrones themed drinks, all this kind of stuff. Another yeah. year they did Stranger Things, where they had the- Ah, oh, that was huge. They had that all the huge. lights, you know, the, the Christmas lights that would like light up and, and do messages and everything. It was just a blast. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, now that things have calmed down a little bit on the COVID front, that maybe they'll be back with it, with another themed uh, bar, but we'll see. You know what's gonna blow up this year? 
What? Pinocchio. Yeah, expect big things from the Pinocchio. There's three Pinocchio films coming out this year. Well, there was that oh, one that was nominated for uh, Oscars just a year or two ago. Oh, really? That was oh the guy uh, that did um oh the guy that won the Oscar for uh, uh, Life is Beautiful. I see. Benini, something like that. He he was actually he played Del Toro. No. Oh. No, no. Well, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, have, <laughs> oh okay. Guillermo del Toro. Is he doing a Pinocchio yeah. now? Yes, he's been working on Pinocchio okay. for about for 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 at least five years of his life. He's been working on Pinocchio. Like, I'm it's sure, his dream to make it. I'm sure that he is aware of the Italian one. Of, yeah, for the Oscar. And then Disney are going to release their own. No, not a live action. I'm yeah, so tired uh, of Disney live action versions <laughs> of animated I, films. Oh. I don't know if it'd be live action. I know you and I think you and McGregor is in it in some capacity. But anyway, if you're a part of the Pinocchio fandom, okay, big year. Now we know. Big year. Dallas, are you uh, involved in any? F- oh, well, Dallas is a Gundam fan, TJ. Oh, so is M- Miles, my uh, my kid. <laughs> yeah, we we roped him in. Yeah, he's. he's I was just down in his basement <laughs> apartment looking at his walls and walls of Gundam uh, models that he has put together. They're really quite impressive. They are. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's really good at uh, weathering. Mm-hmm. He posts post his uh, paint jobs all the time. And yeah. It's like, damn. Good stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I'm like not nerdy at all. I like, uh, you know, do sports and stuff. You oh, do no. not. <laughs> you don't know. You do not. <laughs> I, did, I did play uh, softball. I was I actually played ice hockey in, in college. So I'm not entirely unsportsy. But man, I got to tell you, in my retirement years, I'm so much more into yeah SF and genre entertainment than I am into sports. <laughs> Although yeah. I will always be uh, ride or die for the Boston Red Sox. That's my team. Interesting. Lived, lived in Boston yeah, for Sox. many years. Oh yeah, go Sox. At ever, I mean, look, we're not going to align ourselves. I know how hard uh, blue and red don't mix, so uh, we're not going to align ourselves <laughs> either way. Uh, if any, if any people want to turn off the podcast because <laughs> you just said that, <laughs> me and Dallas are going to distance look, ourselves. Let's just go all the way. This podcast hey. goes for socks. There's socks fans <laughs> in this podcast. I, okay. I one of my one of my best friends is a is a Yankees fan. So I just yeah. want to say that we can all coexist. Heck yeah, go Yankees! Well, hey, I'm going to cling to something here. I'm going to say that. Old Peter Parker himself, Spider-Man, is a Mets fan, so I'm a mm. I'm a Mets fan mm, by okay. proxy of, of Peter Parker. Got it. Okay. Just <laughs> yeah, why not? It's Mets. They don't win anything. Why not? Someone's got to support them, right? San Francisco 40, 49ers. Why not? That's a fun name. Okay, we got the sports out of the way. We got now. sports there out of the way. That's probably the <laughs> tick that box. Welcome back to a podcast with strangers and you have reached the middle part. Um, and as we said last week, I hope, I hope we didn't cause any like automobile um, incidents by saying we could drive. But what was actually because happening... we are not legally responsible. We're not. Uh, but we were testing out this like beta thing where the like through MP3s we can control people and um, it did not work. But we did release a second version of the software. So left, right. Right, right, left, 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 right, right. That's cool. I hope that works. Yeah, we'll just see. 
Yeah. Okay, have those seven lefts were what you needed. Yeah. So, Chris, Dallas. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Well, yes. yeah. I haven't actually got anything for the middle section. I didn't actually prepare what? anything. So, you had a year. I had a year. You had a whole year to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, instead, I'm going to pass it to you guys. And it's your oh, turn great. now to come up with something because I've done it for the past three episodes. Um, what's your favorite cut of beef, Chris? Hmm. Oh, um, uh, loin. Loin. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, you can, you can smash it up and then fry it. Tenderloin. Yeah. I don't know if I ever had a beef loin. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have either, but it can't be bad. Is that what right? they do? The, is that what they do? Uh, like pot roast out of? Oh, maybe. I am definitely not Googling cuts of beef onto Google right now. And look. Oh, beef tenderloin. Just, just yeah. Google, just Google, uh, just Google, um, beef loin can i tell you guys a story years ago i i wanted to cook ribs for a girl and i was like really really excited to cook ribs for her and i went to the butchers and in my excitement i just said ribs and he was like say no more and what i wanted was like a rack of ribs you know like yeah yeah, yeah. and what he actually gave me was it's like a a uh it looks a bit like a, a an apostrophe like there's a bit of bone mm-hmm. in an arch and then there's a, a a chunk of meat at the end. Yes, those are beef. That's beef rib. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I cooked these for us. You know, a little bit disappointed that wasn't a rack of ribs like I wanted. And you may be asking yourself, Jake, if you asked for a rack of ribs and during no part on the way home, did you inspect what you were given? That's correct. I have ADHD. Anyway, so we, I, I served them and then I realized I didn't have any steak knives, which is disastrous. By the way, wait, wait, are you talking about like a tomahawk? Yeah, ribeye tomahawk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things are so fancy. Yeah, yeah. they are literally the rib steak. I'm surprised you didn't marry. That's yeah. literally a steak <laughs> that you got, and you're complaining yeah. about it. We didn't have any steak knives, so instead, what we had to do was use our hands <laughs> and just gnaw it like. Like, like a like a popsicle, <laughs> like a lollipop. Well, big old meat lollipop. So there's me and her. At the dining room table, just like no cutlery whatsoever, just just chewing, just gnawing meat. Treasured memory, a treasured memory. You still with her? No. No. What'd you do? What did I do? Yeah, Yeah, you had such a good start. We're not getting up somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, it was probably the utensils. Did you know she was an Oxford graduate too? What's oh, wrong? That's probably it. That's probably why. Yeah, she didn't want to be around a stupid idiot like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this guy's you're, complaining about giving me a, a expensive cut of steak. <laughs> you're so right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wanted the shitty rack of ribs that I made. <laughs> but don't you think that was kind of? Don't you think that's kind of <laughs> nice? The fact that they 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 were, they went to one of the most prestigious schools in the world. They were they were an incredibly smart woman and yet they were when they came to my house they were reduced to eating food like did a you, cave woman did, they were humbled did you at least spin it like uh like today on our dining we're going to eat like a caveman for for you know research from it it, 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 it humbles you to allow yeah. yourself to know what we actually have in life right now is better than what we did yeah no she would see right through that but I get I, I, if she was more of a hippie person, I could say like, oh, it connects you to your food. That might actually be good if you go to a restaurant next. When you know whoever's listening, go to a restaurant. Just just stick your hand in the mashed potato. Just say that it, you're connecting. You're connecting to the food. Well, at least it had a handle, right? 
I think you're allowed to eat it from the bone, right? Holding that by the bone. Yeah, you hold it by the bone like a popsicle, meat sickle, and you eat it. Yeah, you eat it. I think that's how I think that's how you're supposed to do it, actually. Yeah, mm. I'm I'd marry you for that. I love it that you don't own steak knives and you're like, I'm going to buy a steak. Since then, we did change that, that we do actually have steak knives now. I'm just like, who who waits to buy it? Well, who just doesn't own steak knives? <laughs> Me. Like, why do you have to, why do you have to fuck up buying a steak to realize you don't own steak knives? And I think the funniest part is that is like, I bought a steak and I was like, I don't need anything else for this. And then there's a, a, a literal object that has the word <laughs> steak in it. It's, not like, any of that. it's like not buying spoons until you realize you can't eat soup. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, you use your hand for soup. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can cup your hand. I mean, I guess you could. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, drink it from a brook or something. Like, <laughs> I guess. But, but honestly, Jake, what, yeah. how, how did the steak come out, though? Really good. Really good? Yeah. Um, that's fine. So that's you're fine. good at cooking steak. You just have no prior experience eating steak. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pre I'm pretty valuable to the tribe. <laughs> they have the steak knife guy that wasn't there that day. Do you know I have a friend in Canada? I have a friend in Canada. and Nice. Um, thank you. You know, um, he has a, a guy called the knife guy who drives around in an ice cream van and it plays the song and instead he just sharpens your knives. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. That is kind of like cool. I heard that before. Yeah, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Knife guy. I, why haven't you interviewed him? Uh, he's not a stranger. He's my friend. Uh, the knife guy? Or do you mean the knife guy? Yeah. Oh right. No, care about your your friend. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's carry um, on with the interview. Okay. Wait, my favorite cut of beef is brisket. All Thank right, you for that. Go. All right, let's go. We haven't had anybody on the podcast who does sports. I don't think have we, Dallas. I don't know if they're on the internet that often. We had a Trekkie on once, PJ. <laughs> once. Okay. Yeah, once. <laughs> well, now you've had two. Well, we invited you on on the pretense of Star Wars. If you want to talk about Star Trek, then go ahead, because I'm going to be well, I, with I think you. I already have. <laughs> well, let's, let's get into it, because I Star Trek's intimidating for me. Right from from the outset, there are like hundreds of Star Trek episodes. If you look at the it's entire, oh yeah, yeah the entire. So we're talking like yeah, it's the crazy. newest. What's the newest one? So you got Picard, Picard. Discovery. Well, well, Is Lower the, Decks. I mean, if you want to go for those guys, Lower um, Decks, Pro Prodigy, and then you go, or, 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 or and then you've and, got, and the then you movies. go back from there. You've got the movies, of course. The movies, um, Deep Space Nine, yeah, uh, um, Voyager. Jeez. And not all of them are going to be good. Like, not oh, all the series are going to sure. be good. Yeah. I mean, the and original not... series only had, whatever, what was it, 68 episodes or something? 78? Somewhere in there. And, but they... and only about half of them were really very good. <laughs> and I'm a huge Star Trek fan saying this. Yeah. But they're just, some of them are amazing. And then you go on to, to the next generation. And when that started, I thought it was terrible. The first season of that, oh God. But then I got sucked in. And of course it went for seven seasons and some of them were absolutely brilliant. And the same thing, like DS9, I actually think is the best series of the, of the lot. I think if you look at the entirety of the episodes, Deep Space Nine had fewer clunkers and more really good episodes than any of the other series. Is that going to cause some friction? Are we going to get some? I don't think mail? so. Honestly, when you look at at online polls and stuff, most people that are 
like lifelong Star Trek fans that have seen them all, many of them preferred Deep Space Nine as their number one of all this. Interesting. What is it that makes Deep Space Nine so good? I think it was because they'd actually stepped outside of the, you know, escapist sci-fi part of it uh-huh. and said, uh-huh. let's actually engage in some real world concerns. It it dealt with religion. It dealt with terrorism. It, it was it was a much more sort of world encompassing version of Star Trek. You know, I mean, they always were political. Star Trek was always political. Even back in the original series, they would take on, you know, political ideas in the episodes. But it always had this sort of lighthearted, you know, we're out in space and everything is just wonderful, you know. But DS9 really, like, dove deep into some of these societal concerns that were, you know, prominent in the day and it really dealt with them in an adult and like just in-depth way i really really enjoyed that about it uh sorry let me just deep space nine was that the one that was uh avery brooks as captain cisco <laughs> the the first black oh star trek, star trek captain that was also Aha! Right, okay. Yeah, That and wasn't Picard. One, that wasn't one of Picard. the things that people complained about was that it took place at a space station. So they're like, oh, this is going to be so boring because they're stuck at the space station. And they listened to that and they gave them, eventually they gave them a ship called the Defiant where they could then go out from the space station and still have their adventures out in space. So, you know, that livened it up a bit. But it just had, it had great characters. It had really well thought out um, story arcs and yeah it's i think it's still my favorite after all these years can i just ask like if, 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 i mean feel free to dip into as much like context or explanation as possible it's fine but why why did they think that would be a i know this is probably gonna be a very uh a very surface level question but why did they think like oh we'll just make it a space station because, oh, go- because God Star- only Star knows. Trek. Oh, apparently the the um most popular opinion on the internet is that mm. they stole it from Babylon Five, which was in right. production at the same time, and that was going to be you know a big deal SF series. And the and the, uh, the Star Trek people said, whoa, whoa, whoa! If they're going to do this, we should do the same thing. I have no idea if that's true or not, but. Mm. You know, there's actually a lot of evidence that kind of points that that might be the case. Because even though I think Babylon 5 aired later, but it was in development first. I think that that was the deal. Um, it ran until 1999. Wow, this ran a, ran a while. Yeah. Deep Space Nine ran a while. Yeah, but seven, you seven thought- seasons. Pretty much every, except for the original series and Enterprise, which was sadly cut short. Um, most of the Star Treks had seven seasons. That was like Deep Space Nine had seven seasons, TNG had seven mm-hmm. seasons, Voyager had seven seasons. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Discovery. And Well, I know Picard is wrapping after season three. I think yeah, what, what, is, is, are you happy about that? About Picard wrapping I up? So. I don't know if I you've so. seen it or not. I, I have been watching it, I've been enjoying it, but I think. Honestly, it just looks as if Patrick Stewart is sort of running down. He's he's old, man. He needs a rest. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably like a mutual decision that there's only so much of the show they can do. I really wonder, like, because when you look at um, Picard, or when you, I mean, 
when you look at Star Trek as a whole, this is a, a, a cohesive universe that has gone on and on for, I don't know, uh, 60 years now? That's 70 years? It. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more than 50, less than 60. So, yeah. You've got, uh, you've got a heap, uh, an actual heap of canon, like uh, of stories and worlds and alien races and I would be if somebody said to me, Jacob, we're going to invite you and you get to write the part of the new Star of Star Trek. Jeez, thank God that mixed up. Uh, the new Star Trek series. Any alien I come up with, I bet you has been done already. I bet you. Yeah. A I mean, anything. That is, you know, there are so many Star Trek yeah. aliens. It's actually pretty funny when you when you like. One of the things that we always said that we liked better about Star Trek than about Star Wars yeah. is that in Star Wars, there are so many of these one-off aliens. You see one of them and never again. Yeah. So like every time they do one of those scenes of the, you know, the Congress or whatever, where all the people, are, there's a single one of each alien and you don't know anything about their planet. You don't know anything about them. their politics. It's just a single alien but yeah. in star trek they really seem to to show you multiple um uh, people from the same alien culture and they give you some background they say this is what their planet is like this is like you know there's this offshoot of this particular alien species that went off and made war and they you know like the ones who are in the moon of the planet are a different species and they are at yeah. war with, you know, they actually have some background. It was kind of interesting. I've really, it's interesting because the only thing I have to compare it to is Doctor Who and mm -hmm. I never really went back and watched the old Doctor Who, but it seems like the newer Doctor Who is really it's it's rewriting its own past, if that makes sense. Like it's retroactively being like oh, this doesn't matter yeah. or this doesn't count. Uh, but meanwhile, every single Star Trek series I see, including, I mean, especially Picard, it's like, uh, and then this happened, and then this happened with the Federation, and then they went here, and then humanity did this. And it's like, I, I, I have a huge admiration um, for Star Trek for keeping a coherent... A co at least a vaguely coherent. <laughs> vaguely coherent. I mean, sure. If, if you want to get into like you know, uh, the, the the most angry fans on the internet can be, you know, classic Star Trek fans that hate what the new series are doing. <laughs> I thought. I, I mean, that's I, true I mean, of any like, fandom. My experience of Star Trek is literally the movies. That, and when I say the movies, I mean the the latest trilogy. And to some people, that might that might be disgusting, and they might be funneling there, yeah. dvds through my letterbox to get me to watch the i get it i get it There's there are good there stuff are people there. that feel <laughs> that, that the jj abrams movies are they don't even exist as far as they're oh, concerned but you know what the thing is that they set them up as an alternate timeline that's exactly it's called the kelvin timeline because they, they the beginning of the first movie was showing how this was a branch of a timeline yes. that was not the original, so I'm fine with it. I think that's yeah. cool. They're very enjoyable films. Yeah, well, not they're the making same. a fourth. 
Not they're the making a fourth. One. The fourth one, I'm happy to see. The second one never existed as far as you don't like the second one. Are you kidding? Star Trek Enterprise oh. is the worst. I love it. It's like a, it, it's like a, it's it's a pantomime. Did you ever see Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan? Yes, I did. Okay, because that was so superior in every way, and the fact that they just decided to like remake it from a. Oh man, I'm sorry. I was offended. I, I hated that movie with every fiber of my being. Much love to Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, um, I love Benedict Cumberbatch, but yeah, of what course. a bad job of casting. But yeah, and also his facial expressions in that film. <laughs> it, 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 it's, al- it's almost like they had a running prank to see what they could get away with. Okay, and well, and by the way, stuck. like. The guy's name was Khan Noonien Singh, which indicates that he should be of, you know, South Indeed. Asian descent, right? Sure. But then they originally cast a Mexican to play him, or Spaniard, right. I'm not sure what Ricardo Montalban was. And then when they remake the movie, they cast the most pale white Englishman ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what were they thinking? Oh, man. But it, I mean, it wasn't his fault. But I, I just thought the movie was misbegotten from from the beginning. Like, why? If you were gonna remake a Star Trek plot, don't pick yeah. the one movie plot that was great. Like, almost invariably, if you ask Star Trek fans what's the best Star Trek movie, they will tell you Star Trek II: Wrath of God. It was excellent. So why J.J. Abrams decided that that was the one that he wanted to? I have no idea. I mean, uh, it's the third one I don't particularly get on with Beyond. Oh, Beyond? Um, I actually like Beyond. That was mm, fun. But hey, Abrams is living the dream. You yeah. know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't fault him too much because he is a man who worked on both Star Trek and Star Wars. So that is true. <laughs> Although when he got hired yeah. to do Star Trek, he had never seen Star Trek. He was not a Star Trek fan. That is very funny. Yeah, he, he had to actually funny. had to go out and watch the movies and stuff to like catch himself up. Well, here's the thing. Um, I I recently uh, rewatched the fir- the thir- the first three Jurassic Park films. So one, right. Lost World, and then three. Yep. And um, guess who produced three? Who who was also tied to Star Wars? Kathleen Kennedy. Really? I was like, okay. that? yeah. And three three is regarded as the worst. Eesh. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Let me just don't <laughs> don't. If you ever get curious about Jurassic Park, because the new one's coming out this year. So yes, I watched. Um, what was the last one? Jurassic World? Was that one? Yeah. That was fun. I enjoyed. It. Well, it's interesting because like you, like you, you you just said, you know, why would you take the storyline that that was. You know, perfect. So, Wrath of Khan, very good movie. And then Jurassic World was exactly the same as Jurassic Park. They made well, that's park, true. the park goes wrong. Oh well, and it's like, why did you do that? They did that with um, Star Wars too. The uh, the first Ray film, right? That was the one that was exactly the same plot as A New Hope, right? Well, th- here's the thing. I mean, there's a very volatile forum i guess would be the right word for when you discuss the the uh, 789 trilogy right because some people think that everyone goes way too hard on it and some people think like it's just because there was a female lead um 
What what are your thoughts? As a, as a obvious as 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 a Mark as Mark Hamill's oh, star go, student. Yes. Okay, as tell tell me the names. Student. Tell me the names of those three again because it's been a while. So the first uh, one so was be Force Awakens. Force Awakens, and that was the first one with Ray, right? Yes. Okay, and then then it was the Last Jedi. Die? Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, because then Mark Hamill said the third one should be called From His Nap, which really, <laughs> really made me laugh. Um, I think I remember, like, I liked the first one. I thought the middle one was meh. And uh, and the third one, I, yeah, I enjoyed. I mean, basically, I'm, I just don't get that passionate. I know it's terrible for me to say this as the iconic, you know, person that represents Star Wars to so many people on the internet, but yeah just not that into it so i don't get as involved i don't get as uh passionate about my thoughts about star wars as i do about my thoughts about star trek <laughs> did you like uh the mandalorian and the the, the disney plus uh, i, I watched the show? mandalorian i i kind of enjoyed it um i really enjoyed the little you know i'm sorry grogu i want to say baby yoda but i know that's not okay so. the little grogu puppet amused sure. me my son Miles hated him so much that we actually gave him a Grogu on a punching bag for Christmas <laughs> because he really wanted to be Jason Sudeikis just slapping the shit out of that baby. He, he hated it so much. Every time it came up, I would be like, oh, I love Baby Yoda. He'd be like, oh, shut up. And I actually have uh, like my little pop socket on my phone is a Baby Yoda and it enrages him. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> I have a theory on, on, on why Mandalorian did much better, was way, way better, well received than the than the recent trilogy. I, I don't know if you if you feel the same way, but the Mandalorian was a good show. I don't. I, I'm not going to go so far and say it was perfect, but it was an enjoyable show, right? Like it, it was good. For sure, I enjoyed like, it. You know, yeah, because it was just stripped down. A guy cares about a kid. That was the thing. The kid and the kid isn't like destined. The kid isn't going to save the galaxy. It was just a, yeah, a, yeah. a, a paternal nurturing show. That sure, was yeah. it. It was, just, and, and, and a guy hopelessly getting roped into doing odd jobs for frogs or whatever <laughs> was around at the time. Meanwhile, but man, don't, the, don't, don't get me going on those frog eggs, man. That was that was there was some something deeply wrong with that plot. That was strange. But meanwhile, the new trilogy was like, here's the new character and they're much more powerful and they're way cooler. And sometimes people just don't want to see that. They just want yeah. to see a guy struggle at fatherhood and that's it. It doesn't have to have the highest stakes of the galaxy. I don't know. Do you do you, do you see the logic in I, that? I, I can see that. I, but I do think there is definitely a streak of that we don't want a young woman to have the same destiny that our famous guy had back sure I, I honestly think that that was a lot of those people were just mad you know yeah and and that was not a not a great look <laughs> no but hey uh obi obi-wan kenobi show coming out yep. uh, next month i yeah uh, i'm i'm still uh undecided about whether i'm gonna give that one a shot or not we'll see you have to. Okay, maybe. You we'll have see. to. <laughs> I mean, I mean the uh, the enemies. I'm so the, the uh, Dallas. I don't know how much you know about Star Wars, but there there are these. There is this group that uh, Darth, think of Darth Vader as the manager, right? Yeah. 
and um, he commands a, a crew of people called the Inquisitors, and um, they're they're looking for Luke, and that's gonna. Be, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I would rather have Darth Maul. I think the one thing about Mandalorian season one ending, like everybody was like so worked up and excited that oh my god we got to see luke it was amazing i'm like how could you not have seen that coming from a million miles away i thought yeah, it was I... so obvious and like it did not even feel like a climax it was just like oh okay that happened like i knew it was coming everybody could have told it was coming but oh my gosh people were so worked up over it but as somebody who somebody who was there in the opening night and opening whatever of, of that era, like mm -hmm. does the fan service in the show do anything for you when they bring back like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the the aliens have such stupid names like Babu Frink whatever I don't know I don't care but does it do does it do anything for you? Not really. When they bring I it mean, back, no. I, honestly, bringing back CGI Luke just made me go, oh okay, yawn. <laughs> I just thought it was so obvious, you know. It didn't. It didn't really do it for me at all. Well, yeah. Well, hey, whoever's at Disney night now, uh, it doesn't do anything for TJ. Stop it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you. I mean, hey, they are putting money into the theme parks. So that's true, and that is something that I'm looking forward to. I have not been to Disney World since 1990. Well, let me tell you the this: last time I was there, and I am really looking forward to visiting Galaxy's Edge. I've never been. Let me tell you, oh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but let me tell you this. Obviously, you know you can build your own lightsaber. Oh, I do know that, yes. You know that, right? But you can also build your own droid Ooh, as well. That sounds fun. My helmet and that is being um, personally like customized for me as we speak mm -hmm. was a Galaxy's Edge Rebel Pilot helmet that ah. has been purchased and is now being you, all you know, fixed up for me. Did you see that? Uh, the st I mean, Jesus, the, the minute we start talking about Dallas, we're going to lose our tickets to it. Disney are not going to send us it. But uh, they, they did a, they did a, a, a Star Wars, um, it's like Galaxy Cruise or something like that. Did you hear about that, TJ? No. Okay. okay. I've so heard about the, the hotel where it's supposed to be like a, a Star Wars adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I won't go into this for too long, but basically... Um, it's a hotel. It's a Star Wars hotel, but it's it's decked out as oh, if yeah, you were yeah, on yeah. a Star Absolutely. Cruiser. I've, I've heard all about that, yeah. And it's $5,000 yes. for yes. like a week or something. And like I have that. friends yes. that are willing to do this, and I'm, I'm like, Oh my kidding? God. <laughs> well, the videos, there's, vid there's heaps of videos online yep. of people like filming the whole thing. Well, and it's um, supposed to be a whole like uh, virtual experience. It's not just that you're paying to stay in this hotel. You actually are involved in a plot. It's like a, it's like a LARP thing. Sure. Where you get assigned a role and you get to, you know, play it out while you stay there. I think uh, 5,000 is a little bit too much. Yeah. And by my, the way, if you look at yeah. the images from that hotel, it looks so yeah. much more like Star Trek than it looks like Star Wars. It does. It's it really, nice. really does. It does. And we just lost our tickets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Disney were just this close to giving us free tickets to check it out. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing, and um, maybe that's the future of of uh, of, of theme parks. You know, um, LARPing hotels. Maybe that's sure. the new thing. And why not? <laughs> and why not? All right. Well, we've reached an hour of of content here. All right. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. But before we let you go. 
and enjoy the rest of your day. What we like to do to our guests before they go is to give them a platform um, to promote anything, anyone, charities, projects, themselves, social media. Just, you know, shout it all out. As many things as you want, whatever you like. It's our, you know, it's your time. So after you uh, go, please. Oh, well, let's see. The most recent thing I can think of is that my my son-in-law, Aaron Mesburn, um, sold a card game to What Do You Meme, which is now available on Amazon. It's called Hot Takes. And it's super fun. I've played it. And so, yeah, just go go out there and Google what do you mean hot takes. Uh, and it's a great card game. Shout out to, to join shout out Patrick Stewart. He might be sure. listening. I bet he's, I bet he's not, but <laughs> yeah. we can try. There's always that Sir, chance. Sir, peace to love you, man. Hey. <laughs> I mean, we talked. We talked enough about Mark Hamill. We kind of need to balance <laughs> really? the scales. Mark Hamill doesn't need any more of my. Yeah. No, he's our biggest fan. <laughs> he's on right now, and tonight. <coughs> no, he's not. He's not coming. <laughs> Imagine if he did. But just came on. Uh, we should. But yeah, once that, once I get my whole costume back together, I'll I'll send you guys photo. Oh yes, please. And I'm actually uh, this whole this all started happening like right about during the you know pandemic shutdown. I was like, oh, I should definitely take this time to make my costume. And then of course I didn't. But now that the world is opening up again a bit, I'm really looking forward to getting the full head to toe rebel pilot and starting to troop with some of the uh, locals here. It's, it's I'm so so excited for you. Oh, I know. I, I, know can, I, I know what I can promote. Um, my sure. daughter, uh, Tori, works for uh, the fundraising branch of the uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And she does work in uh, Poland and, you know, all the areas that are helping to uh, help the, the uh, people that are in crisis from Ukrainian uh, war conflict out there. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so if you Google St. Jude's, it's basically the, the Polish branch. We're drawing a blank, but uh, it's a, a, a it's called the Unicorn Clinic in Poland, and they raise mm-hmm. a lot of money for for helping uh, families with uh, sick kids that are trying to get out of Ukraine. So, okay, that's one. <laughs> Definitely check it out. We'll put it in the link somewhere. All right, I'll find I'll find but, the actual link for you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming sure. on. Um, you are like a, a you're like a, a, a well of nerdy knowledge. Thank you. So thank you for sharing it with us. And uh, yeah, check out the links uh, in the bio. Is it link in bio, Dallas? What do we? What do you say it's in the description? Podcast? It's a podcast description. description. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're professionals. Uh, yeah, we know what we're doing. <laughs> and thank you, TJ. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Clapping. Welcome back to a podcast with strangers. And unfortunately, we have reached the end of this episode. I hope you've enjoyed TJ. TJ, right? TJ? TJ. TJ. Elk's mom. And, you know, hearing her story, hearing about Mark Hamill and and, and cosplay and dressing up and all these things. And, you know, a huge thank you to her for, for coming on. She's a very busy woman. She's turning down multiple cinematic uh, deals. TV shows, Disney Plus want her. They actually, do you know what? Disney Plus might actually want her. 
I'm doing a joke, right. but I, well, you never know. I bet she could, yeah. I bet she could. Like she's she's a popular internet phenomenon. Right, yeah. But she turns it all down because she has to raise her baby boy elk. Yes. Her, baby, she, her little baby boy elk. Yeah. Yeah. Being a mother's hard, guys. Being a mother's hard, especially when your son refuses to dress himself. Um, I say just yeah. ditch him. He's naked all the time. I didn't know that, Jake. Yeah, he is naked a lot. If I had pectorals like that, I'd be naked too. That's true. That's, That's true. I have true. seen his pecs. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing, he's trying to bring back the loincloth. You hear about this? He's trying to bring back the loincloth. He says it's, uh, yeah, it's because it makes it easier when going to the bathroom and yeah. you have a piece of toilet paper right there. Mm. And it's uh, much easier to run without pants on. That's what I was going to say. Jogs. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's as important as the pooping part, but you know. Well, I heard he said that he squats. He does 500 squats a day and he wants to show off his thighs. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, that too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I had thighs the size of fucking... Tree trunks, yeah, I guess yeah, I true. want to show them off too. Speaking of tree trunks, I saw him cut down a tree with only using his uh, yeah, sling. His sling, yeah. yeah caveman <laughs> elk. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, cave, caveman elk. He hunts down the elk himself. Uh, that's why they call him elk. Well, mystery solved, guys. Strong like elk, short for strong like elk. Wrap up the fucking podcast. That mystery has been done. All right, uh, Jake, if you could, can you go ahead and check the emails? Uh, see if oh. uh, people want to keep me? Yeah, that's. Do you know what? I'm actually going to check the emails literally as we speak. Gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. I know he really is because I can hear him typing. Uh, we have got fuck all. Really, people want me still? Yeah, I do have a bunch of a bunch of Google flight <laughs> reminders. <laughs> wait, Why? wait, are you flying? Are you going? Yeah, somewhere? I'm trying to fly. Yeah, I'm trying to fly. Why are you using our email? Yeah, why am I using your email? Are you blacklisted <laughs> <laughs> uh, with your email? <laughs> no, it's the only way you could get in the air. <laughs> yeah, tend to be someone completely different. Yes, no, I'm, I'm Mister Strangers. Look, I'm, fine. I'm a legitimate business. <laughs> I'm allowed to fly. <laughs> I interview uh, people from Star Wars. <laughs> you know the Star Wars. Thank you. Here's some jellied eel. Oh, shut the fuck up about the jelly deal. I swear, just order it, Chris. Chris, at this point, yeah, just order it. You you talk so much about it. I'm so you curious. I mean, you yeah. know what? I will fly out to London to get some jelly deal, not visit you in Bristol and fly back. That's fine. What's Thank you. Spotted dick. It's spotted um, dick? a pudding. It's a pudding. Yeah. Isn't everything, isn't desserts pudding? Pudding. Yeah. Isn't that just a, yeah. So it's, it's just dessert, Dallas. He's. Yeah. Have a stupid name. Spotted for dick. The British people eat nothing but spotted dick after. No. Why is it spotted? No. Sometimes they get black pudding. Because it's got currants or something. I don't eat it. I don't eat I don't eat spotted dick or creamy dick or throbbing dick or any sort of dick. All right. Let's just move on. That's there's creamy dick. There might be somewhere. That kind of sounds <laughs> yeah, let me, like one second. Dick. Let me Google throbbing dick real quick. Hey, this is technically the season finale, huh? Yeah, fuck it is. <laughs> I'm trying to say thank you to the audience. I'm trying to say oh, thank you okay. to all our guests. I'm trying to say thank you so much for tuning in one more time. But instead, we're on the topic of uh, throbbing creamy dick. It's like Adam's here. Uh, creamy dick does not... It, yeah, go, don't Google that. Yeah. Yeah, same same with mine. Um, what did you find, Chris? Uh, I exited out and went back to uh, looking at rib steak. Okay. All right. That's much better. That's much better. Listen, 
both of you, thank you so much for coming back and, and doing these these mini well this mini series that we've got, but feature length mini series. Thank you to to you, Dallas, and thank you, Chris, for for coming on. Yeah, I can't wait for season three. Yeah, we'll be back for season three. Okay, wonderful. And to you, the the, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in again. And I, I know it's been a while, and it's you know things have happened between then and and then and now, but. Uh, we're still here. We're still working. We're still making this. So, you know, th- thank you for being the other side of that coin and tuning in. And and thank you also to our guests who who gave us their time and, and talked about their world and what they're passionate about. We, we do incredibly appreciate it. And thank you to our sponsors. Yep. Yep. Uh, our sponsor of uh, the Throbbing Dick Pudding Company. That's not fucking all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Dead, dead medium. Good.